welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast. You'll hear leaders discuss trends within their industry, emerging business models, and how your industry is evolving. And now here's your host, Paul Howell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Industry Insights, the podcast brought to you by Manufacturing Asia in partnership with SAP. I'm Paul Howell, Managing Editor of Manufacturing Asia, and I'm very pleased to be here with two extremely knowledgeable and insightful guests. In this podcast, we will discuss the importance of optimizing the supply chain for manufacturing companies and catering the demand for end consumers, the pain points to focus on when, when planning supply and demand changes, and the trends, shifts, and changes that have been happening in Asia-Pacific's manufacturing sector since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, and joining me today is Lim Tech Chan, or TC. Uh, he's the Director of Discrete Manufacturing Industries for SAP Southeast Asia, and also Pankaj Rathi, the country leader for Deloitte Consulting in Vietnam. Uh, TC provides in industry and digital thought leadership to C-suite leaders across the region, helping them identify levers and develop roadmaps to increase their performance, reimagine their business models, and reduce costs with digital technologies. He has 25 years of experience in various aspects of consulting, from digital transformation strategy to process change and all the way to systems implementation. Welcome, TC. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having us on board today. And our second guest is Pankaj Rathi. Uh, he works across Southeast Asia with major clients for Deloitte's consulting business, specifically in the areas of consumer and industrial products. He has extensive experience in man managing transformational programs for large companies involving enterprise-wide systems and system implementations. Uh, he leads the SAP digital supply chain practice for Deloitte Southeast Asia, Welcome, Pankaj Rathi. Thanks, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks for having me today. Well, it's great to have you both here. Let me start the conversation uh, with you, TC. I want to ask about the importance of optimizing the supply chain for manufacturing companies. How does this help them to achieve their goals in what is a very fast-changing uh, environment at the moment? Well, Paul, I mean, let me start by saying that as a manufacturing company, the optimization of the supply chain is actually critical to achieving your business objectives. Your lifeblood is manufacturing and you can't make or build a product if you do not have the materials that you need ready on hand on the shop floor, right? So getting this right at the right cost level and throughput is critical to maintaining profitability, right? To, make, to retain the customer for the long term, you need to produce and deliver what the customer needs at a time that they want it and at the right cost levels. This is the only way to build a sustainable business model. I wanted to give an example from the industry. I think everybody recognizes this, this is Apple. Apple is famous for their innovation and their products. You know, their iPhones, the Mac, the MacBooks, the iPods, right? They are about controlling every aspect of the user experience. But that also applies to how they run their business. If you can control every aspect of the manufacturing and supply chain, you can streamline it and make it as efficient as possible. 
they have been very successful in this supply chain optimization journey since they started in the late 90s, right? They have optimized their supply chain in many ways, introduced GIT, reduced complexity in the supply chain, reduced the number of suppliers, introduced the concept of prepayment for critical suppliers or supplies, right? And brought it down to a level where it is a competitive differentiator for Apple. Now it is recognized as one of the best in the world. I mean, they are in the Gartner top 25 for the last, I would say, six or seven years in terms of supply chain ranking. Now, how would all this achieve your goals? It's quite simple. How do you increase profit? You either have the ability to reduce prices or reduce costs. Apple had and still have the ability to do both. Through their branding, innovations, and new products, they raise prices but also through their supply chain optimization to reduce costs, right? Their profit alone in 2020 was more than 40 times the 2005 figures. So just a great example to show that supply chain optimization is actually quite critical in this meeting your business objectives. And Pankaj, is there, is there anything that you, you would add to that? Yeah, sure, Paul. So Paul, what is happening is that most of the time companies still are following the traditional supply chain, which resembles a bit inflexible and a linear path, basically moving from raw material to the finished goods from one spectrum of production to the other. But there is an increasing need for the adoption of a lot of information from different channels, which come across the supply chain. And that is what we call as digital supply networks. And that allows for the integration of the data and information from different sources and locations to drive the physical production, the distribution of goods. So what this digital supply chain is doing is it is basically applying the new technologies like sensors, artificial intelligence, cloud computing, and predictive analytics to ch change the way Many companies design, manufacture, and distribute and service the product. So this is what is uh, happening. And those companies which are able to do this are able to optimize the supply chain in a much better way. Uh, TC, I can see you nodding in agreement, <laughs> in agreement there. Uh, how, can, how can businesses optimize their supply chain management uh, using digital tools and to cater to this demand for other end consumers? Well, I think this is basically, I think, supply chain management basics again, right? Uh, three simple steps. First, you need to understand your demand. If you understand what your customer wants, you can plan, let's call it more accurately, to meet their demand. Understand your own constraints. This is your own ability to meet any projected demand, be it from available machine capacity, available manpower, available raw materials, and also the available capacity in a subcontracting ecosystem. Third, you need to balance both, right? Balance both customer demand and your own constraints transparently. So this is often a collaborative effort between you, your suppliers, and your customers to plan and optimize in a real-time manner using a single source of truth. You have to get these steps right. And it is a challenge to do this well due to the complexity of today's supply chain. The first is perhaps the most difficult, right? Forecasting is as much as an art as a science. We have already improved 
the ability to forecast more accurately now as we can do so with a bigger data set, which will include basically the traditional historical transactions, but also we can add in other sets of information such as economic indicators, weather information, and also unstructured data from social networks, etc. But right now, we also now have the advantage of using statistic, improved statistical, let's call it, and machine learning forecast algorithms to assist in this effort. So we can forecast pretty accurately if there's patterns in demand that can be modeled by the algorithms mentioned previously. But as much as we like to do this, predicting what we call a black swan event, which is your COVID-19 or the COVID pandemic, will be almost impossible, right? Businesses will do much better to invest into supply chain simulation capabilities, which can model these potential supply chain shocks, right? And build in the contingency plans and design what we call resiliency into the supply chain. Step two and three, which I mentioned previously, is more of a deterministic process, considering that we already have the technology to do this in place now. We can do constraint-based planning based on your current capacity and those of your subcontractors and build in what we call the collaboration network across your business partners to ensure that everyone is working off a single plan, right? With some of the SAP products like SAP Integrated Business Planning and its integration to your historical transactions and outside data sources, it will give you a better understanding of your demand and arrive at a better forecast through better forecasting and allows you to collaborate closely with your suppliers and customers and synchronize your supply chain planning in real time from, from SNOP to inventory to production planning. Uh, TC, you mentioned there, uh, you talked about having a single source of truth. Uh, and, mm -hmm. I, and I appreciate this is a question without notice, but um, I, I wonder, has, that, has the problem of uh, a single source of truth and, and that asymmetric information between suppliers, uh, the manufacturers, uh, end consumers, distributors, uh, has that actually gotten uh, more complicated? And uh, you know, uh, uh, has, a, has that gap uh, between those different levels of knowledge increased with the amount of technology? Or has technology been able to actually reduce that? I, I would say technology has been able to reduce that. The technology has been in place for at least more than three, four years already, just that. The major challenge will be in terms of the changes in business practices, where you tend to build walls between your suppliers and your customers. And you know how, how much information do I want to share with my suppliers and, and customers, right? So it's more of a business practice rather than a technology restriction that we have. And it's something that probably we need to cut across to get it to do this well. And certainly some, some organizational wide uh, uh, reforms needed uh, where there are problems, I imagine. Um, so in, in addition to all of that, TC, uh, how can businesses align their supply chains uh, with those overarching business goals for absolute maximum efficiency? Okay. I mean, if, if you took, take a look with the disruption caused by COVID and before this, let's call it the ongoing, hope, hopefully it'll end soon, the US-China trade war, right? Businesses that actually goes for maximum efficiency may need to take a closer look at these goals again, right? If you take a look at the typical supply chain goals, which is a typically three common ones. One is efficiency, to produce it at the lowest cost, right? Second one is reliability, on-time delivery in full, 
where the customer gets what they want at the time that they want it. Third one, let's call it flexibility. The ability to react to customer changes in terms of quantity, but also specifications, which is important in this region as there's a lot of large presence of contract manufacturers and EMS providers as part of the ecosystem, right? So in this environment, I mean, manufacturers should actually add another goal, which is what we call resiliency. The ability to adapt to supply chain disruptions, which became a major factor during the pandemic, right? Manufacturers had needed to deal with disrupted material supplies, logistics breakdown because ports were closed, you cannot get freight done, and factory shutdowns because of pandemic control measures. Okay. We need to move away from the traditional linear model of supply chain as Pankaj mentioned earlier. The future supply chain will need to build resiliency as a goal. And with this concept such as rapid discovery, rapid sourcing needs, alternative key suppliers, real-time planning, and simulation and rapid replanning to handle any fulfillment or supply issues. One of our customers in the region was actually hit hard during the COVID-19 pandemic and had a huge drop in demand, right? Their entire supply chain was built on a premise of efficiency to produce more at the lowest cost and at the highest quality. But however, when the pandemic hit, right, their existing systems and processes did not allow them to postpone production outside the targeted window. And this became an issue because everything was interconnected. To postpone production, you'll need to reschedule a whole series of interrelated activities from materials ordering, freight planning, resourcing, etc. right? It became a huge problem for them. So what I'm trying to say here is that you need to build in the capabilities that goes beyond efficiency as a measure. The capability of rapid replanning and rescheduling of orders and, and production sequence while taking into account your resourcing and capacity constraints, which we include human resources also. So resiliency is not just looking at our physical entities, which is your suppliers, warehouses and freight forwarders and your processes, but also the capability of your IT systems to handle rapid replanning and simulations of disruptive scenarios such as COVID-19. Uh, Pankaj, I might bring you in here. I, uh, uh, along with that example from TC, uh, are there similar challenges and issues that your clients are facing and, and how are they addressing those at the moment? Yes, let me share my experience, especially in the Southeast Asia region. Uh, most of the businesses are grappling with an overarching need to make the business agile, fast and responsive and collaborative in terms of the changes happening in the marketplace. The key example which TC mentioned is putting all your eggs in one basket when you are concerned with the suppliers and to make sure that you buy at the lowest price. The number of sources are very limited and if you just focus on that and for some reason those sources are cut off, then that is what is happening that they have no new suppliers to address to and then and once the supply which they're getting from is cut, they're actually in a deep trouble. So what is really required is to have more balanced supply chain network, just not possible on the, on the cost itself, but on a more holistic approach. And uh, to have in terms of the entire 
digital technology to get the inputs of the data, making sure that you are well connected with the various suppliers and you are able to shift your supply networks from one side to the other uh, whenever required. So that is what is the real challenge which most of our clients are facing. And from your view, TC, uh, uh, what are the pain points that companies should focus on addressing uh, with regard to this supply and demand planning? Okay, uh, the pain points is has been there for a long time. I think this is typical pain points and we have been slowly, slowly addressing it one by one. The first is you need to understand where you are in terms of your supply chain. Do you truly know the status of your orders, your inventory, your supplier's ability to deliver? You need this visibility to truly understand where you are as a starting point. One of the biggest pain points for companies is getting the true picture of your supply chain, where you have data coming in from different systems at different times on different formats and different level of detail. Your data may be correct for the five to 10 minute period when you extract that data, but it quickly goes out of date because the data is refreshed daily, weekly, or bi-weekly, right? You get departments arguing about which data is correct. And this is worse when you go across company boundaries where you, your customers, and your suppliers are working off different sets of data. How can you plan accurately in this scenario, right? So working on a single sort of truth, again, is critical for planning accuracy. Second, you need to understand where you want to go, which is the understanding of future demand. How do you increase the reliability of your forecast? This is a major pain point for a lot of companies, not just for those in retail and the CPG market, but also for the traditional, let's call it discrete manufacturers. We are aiming to increase reliability, but not trying to hit 100% accurate forecasts. Do you have the statistical tools with the latest innovation in machine learning and AI to increase forecast reliability? So this is an area we can get a step change in performance if you can combine the traditional statistical forecasting with the increased capabilities that is provided by machine learning with simulation capabilities, right? Third is, frankly, how do you get there? How do you make the product in time, right? You know your forecast, you know your supply chain status. How do you manage your supply chain to produce enough to maximize revenue at the right margin? A digital supply chain is where this is critical, where you can plan your production based on your constraints. And again, as mentioned earlier, I think we mentioned this a few times, collaboratively manage this process together with your suppliers and your customers to meet the business goals. It should have the ability to rapidly adapt to changing demand conditions and replan to meet the new constraints. If you have basically machine downtime or even like a factory shutdown or supplier shutdown, you must be able to quickly replan to do that, right? So I think with SAP, we have been in the supply chain practice area for more than 40 years, right? And we have evolved a set of supply chain planning and collaboration tools that will allow you to forecast with greater reliability, plan based on our existing constraints, and rapidly, rapidly replan if demand and supply changes, right? And at the same time, you still need to collaborate with both your suppliers and customers on a single source of truth. Uh, to add on to that, Pankaj, uh, you, you, your, your role is, is really that, that connecting uh, your clients with, with uh, suppliers like SAP. Um, what does SAP do uh, for your clients in, in assisting them with these sorts of supply and, 
supply chain planning issues? So SAP solutions and the various cloud technologies available uh, are key to a kinetic enterprise and uh, supporting the enterprise's ability to respond to the change and evolve. And when I say kinetic enterprise, it's the ability to function as a dynamic, adaptable, and a living organization. So what we have seen is we have basically successfully leveraged solutions like SAP's integrated business planning to get a clear view on the seismic demand and supply shifts, the overnight changes in the supplier and the logistics providers' priorities, and immediately redefining their short and long-term forecast to the best fit scenarios. So this is what we call that as a latest information is to use the potential of S4HANA, IBP, and other solutions to get the real-time insights and also perform extensive what-if simulation and get a, some kind of a consensus between the various departments and then immediately take it towards the operational transaction. And we are talking about all of this in seconds and minutes and hours instead of the classical way of days, weeks, and months. Uh, gentlemen, I want to actually go a little bit broader now and, and talk about the, the trends and shifts that have been happening throughout our APAX manufacturing center, sector in recent months, uh, effectively since the pandemic. Um, TC, what, what, are the, what are some of the things that you're noticing uh, in, that, in, that, uh, in, in that whole sector uh, since, since, say, February or March this year? Well, I think as we, like any other region in the world, the COVID-19 crisis was a major shock, right? And it has basically exposed a lot of structural weaknesses in the existing supply chain. Any unexpected event has the potential to cause these supply chain disruptions. We have supply disruptions, high demand mortality, you know, including a big spike in e-commerce, right? Capacity constraints due to constraints, labor and logistic capacity, unpredictable downtime because of you don't have spare parts and the technicians are not at home, right? So this, it was a big shock. And we see companies trying to address these vulnerabilities and there are many ways they're looking at it. There are companies in the region that are basically actively looking at alternate key suppliers, right? Not because they want to change, they do not want to change their supply chain, but because they are part of a global supply chain and making drastic changes to the supply chain network may not, may not be something within their local control, okay? But there are actually companies that are looking at complete revamp of the supply chain, looking at more at localization and regionalization of supply, basically covering up basically the supply chain network into multiple networks. Some will mention the word decoupling. So I think I'll leave it at that point. <laughs> but with, with all these companies are not just looking at alternative models, which is to say not producing in just one country or alternative, alternative suppliers, but also looking at putting in the fundamentals of resiliency, right? How do I get basically the end-to-end -end visibility or the status of my supply chain? It's basically the first thing I mentioned at the start. Where are we now? If I can get a true picture of my supply chain, I can start building my plans around alternate supplies and simulate and model the impact, right? So I'm beginning to sound like a parrot, but it's like a mantra, right? It is all about developing a digital supply chain 
that gives you a single source of truth in real time about the status of your supply chain and allows you to collaborate with your suppliers and customers and rapidly react to supply chain shocks. Uh, Pangaj, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to you now. What, what is your view on the current landscape of, of the manufacturing industry uh, amidst the crisis? Uh, and I might uh, uh, follow that up uh, shortly afterwards and ask you a little bit about how uh, Deloitte's operations have changed also since the start of the pandemic. But, um, but to first with the manufacturing landscape as a whole, how are you seeing that? Sure. So I think that this pandemic has basically forced many companies and I will say maybe 80, 90% of the industry to rethink and transform their entire supply chain model. And one thing which is beyond doubt is it has exposed the vulnerability of the organization in terms of fulfilling their needs for the raw material and finished products. So what has been happening is organizations have been putting these efforts for decades in terms of supply chain optimization to minimize the cost, reduce inventories and drive up the asset utilization and removing a lot of buffers and flexibility to absorb disruptions. But the COVID-19 basically has illustrated that many companies are not fully aware of the vulnerability of their supply chain relationship when it comes to global shocks like this. Now, fortunately, what is happening is the new supply chain technologies are emerging and, and they are able to improve the visibility across the end-to-end -end supply chain and support the company's ability to resist certain amount of the shocks. The traditional linear supply chain model is basically getting transformed into the digital supply networks where the functional silos are broken down and organizations become totally connected with their complete supply network to enable end-to-end -end visibility, collaboration with all the third-party players, agility and optimization. So the end goal is efficient supply chain, but at the same time, the focus is customer centricity. And sort of on the same lines, but bringing it down to Deloitte itself, has there been uh, uh, much change in your operations, uh, Pankaj, since the start of the pandemic? So let me just share a recent example of a major multinational beverage industry player. And they went live with SAP solution in the middle of the pandemic. It was somewhere in the beginning of, uh, of uh, April. And the management felt the need to set up strong foundation first and they chose Deloitte as a partner for their journey. And within less than a year, we went live with the entire SAP implementation of the core ERP, the S4 HANA, IBP, and BW and all. Now, it is almost more than six months now since we have gone live. And some of the impact which we can observe is the lower days of stock across the country. And this company is almost a billion dollar company in a country like Vietnam. And uh, the number of days ahead of production planning, which was basically like twice a week with a rigid hierarchy of SNOP structure and material call-offs, the days ahead of production plan has come down, better customer service levels and basically OT for what we call as on-time in full with the dynamic stock allocations to various customers and channels and order promising avoidance of cost variances for all 
areas of business with visibility to sales, supply chain, and manufacturing operations. Also, one of the key points, especially for the FMCG companies, is better control on the trade finance and the credits, and sharp reduction in the overall AR overdue and the credit management, especially with the pandemic. The credit management and the overdue AR was a big challenge. So improvement on the compliance to the promotion budgets and no hidden surprises of the budget overruns. Also improved schedule adherence for the manufacturing plant, improving the overall equipment efficiency. And some of these can lead to immediate cash savings and also give a long-term advantage in terms of the, the overall uh, credit available. And what drives it all together is a well-performing integrated solution framework, not only from the core ERP, but also with the other boundary applications, deeper visibility and insights into operational, tactical, and strategic areas so that business can take better and calculated decisions and uh, making sure that the management has a much better insights into the whole operation. Thanks, Pankaj. Thanks, Pankaj. It was uh, it was great to hear a a, a real world case there and uh, and some some real uh, evidence of of how uh, businesses are uh, not only being forced to transform but are actually doing that transformation and um, with with some great success. Um, which leads me to sort of to sort of a wrap up question, which is what. What does the future look like? Uh, so I'm going to ask I'm going to ask each of you uh, this. But um, uh, has the pandemic been that uh, impetus uh, to force comp companies to really get on board with these streamlined uh, supply chain uh, uh, projects and transformations, or is there the potential for uh, uh, for the pandemic to to really pass us by and for uh, that crisis to not actually turn into an opportunity uh, for uh, the industry as a whole. Uh, TC, I might start with you. Uh, um, is there anything, can you take a bite of that question? <laughs> I, I think from, from my perspective is the pandemic basically has sort of forced companies to move faster. Frankly, the supply chain network in a lot of, let's call it the multinationals or global companies, well, we're going through a bit of restructuring because of the, let's call it, trade tensions between the major economies previously before the pandemic happened. And basically what happened is the, the pandemic basically gave a kickstart, right? Now you have to do it. We, we cannot expect the same economy to be the same, let's call it, ways of working in future. This will change. And companies will need, start, need to look at how they can basically adapt to basically the new environment in terms of how they want to operate in. Uh, can't make any predictions, likely to be, I will say, let's call it multi-couple type economists in the market. And you're going to have a lot of variants of supply chains because companies will test out different models to see which one works. So we're moving from a decoupling stage to a multi-coupling stage. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, Pankaj, uh, uh, does that ring true for you? Uh, and is there anything else that, that, that you foresee? Uh, and would you be willing to make a prediction of what the manufacturing industry uh, might look like uh, in a post-COVID world? So 
So what I'm seeing is many of the organizations, uh, especially the large organizations, and has expedited their entire transformation journey, especially in the supply chain area. And I can see there are a lot of out-of-box thinking which is coming into the play. And uh, basically, they are breaking down a lot of organizational layers and trying to make it more simplified. And uh, I think there is a lot of top management push because of the survival. And uh, it is working well for many of the companies with which we are working with. And I think our work has really increased even during this pandemic. Now, I also see certain other set of organizations which are going down because uh, they are not able to adjust to the fact that uh, this has come as a big surprise and don't know what to do. So both the patterns are there, but I can see that the organizations which has strong, uh, strong base and balance sheet and network, I think they're able to uh, take the change and then apply it and go forward and make it work better. Excellent. So, so a, a very positive outlook uh, uh, for the world, which is which is great to hear in during uh, these challenging times. Um, well, thank you very much uh, to both of you, to TC and Pankaj. It's been a really insightful session. Um, certainly, uh, a lot of points to go through, but um, uh, one of the main ones for me was that need uh, and that. Um, uh, that ultimate, that stretch goal for almost every manufacturing business to have that single source of truth um, throughout, throughout their supply chain so that everyone involved in that chain, uh, no matter how complex it is, is working off the same song sheet, so to speak. Um, uh, uh, TC, was, is, is, that, is that what, is, was that the biggest thing for, for, for you or is there anything else that we should uh, highlight for our audience uh, as we as we lead them to it today. Well, Paul, I couldn't have put it better. <laughs> you just hit it right on the nail. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Pankaj, I think, I think you've really uh, uh, also, also put it in quite some very clear terms uh, just how important uh, this sort of transformation is and how some businesses are really striving ahead and using the pandemic uh, as uh, uh, letting letting a crisis turn into opportunity um, is um, is certainly something that I've, I've taken away from our discussion today. Is there anything else that you'd add to that, to that? No, Paul. I think I think we have uh, we have discussed quite a bit about some of the key challenges, and uh, I feel these are exciting times for uh, both SAP and consultants like Deloitte, and uh, also for the industry and. Uh, there is a lot of new learning which is coming across the entire ecosystem and all of us are working hard to make sure that we are able to generate the value for the client. Well, lastly, before we do go, uh, if listeners are learning, looking to learn more about SAP uh, and your advice, uh, where can they reach you? Um, uh, TC, uh, let me start with you. Well, I mean, we can go through the local websites. <laughs> I'm, I would say that, that would be the easiest way or I'm actually on LinkedIn, just do a quick search and I typically tend to respond to my LinkedIn messages. Awesome. Uh, and, and Pankaj, how can people get in touch with you? So I'm quite an, uh, I'm a special member of LinkedIn. So if you just type Pankaj, maybe hopefully you will get that on the LinkedIn. Otherwise you can definitely go through the 
Deloitte website and I think it is quite easy to connect with me. Not a problem. And uh, we'll, we'll also put in those linked details uh, and some links uh, into uh, the, uh, the description of this podcast. Yep. Well, that's it from today's Manufacturing Asia podcast. Um, we'll be back with more news, views, insights from Asia's manufacturing industries soon. Uh, my name's Paul Howell, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. For more information, check out manufacturing.asia and sap.com slash SEA for more information on Industry 4.0.